Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 5, 1 to 11. Today I'm going to be talking about how to deal with your breaking point. How to deal with your breaking point. Luke chapter 5, 1 to 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into the boat, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let your net down, let your net for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the net. When he had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will, find, you, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on, the sh- on shore, left everything, and followed him. How to deal with your breaking point. See, Jesus, um, in my life, I've come to realize that every time Jesus shows up in your life, something is about to break. <laughs> you know, um, Jesus was at the shore, and the scripture says that he was preaching, and then he, he saw a boat, um, and he climbed into the boat to, to preach, and whilst uh, he, he, he finished whilst he finished preaching, he saw the fisherman and said, "You know, you guys go back in there and, uh, and, and and throw your net out again." You know, and Simon said something interesting. He said, "Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so." They work hard all night. So they, they trusted Jesus, went in there and threw the net, and then when the net came back up, the net was so full that it was at a breaking point. Peter did something interesting. He signaled to his partners to come and help him pull the net in. 
And after he saw this, he was convicted. And he went to Jesus, fell on his knees and said, Look, I don't want any piece of you. Just go away from me because I'm a sinful man. But Jesus said, Okay, that's fine. But uh, don't be afraid. From now on, you are going to catch men. You see, in our lives, there is always a breaking point. Now, this scripture I'm going to use uh, as, a, as a symbol to what I'm going to talk about. The net breaking and Peter calling out for his partners. Every human life has a breaking point. And uh, <laughs> you either know it or you are oblivious to it. And when you are oblivious to it, you, you, you run in circles and you wonder what is going on. But when you come to the realization that you are at a breaking point, you have a choice. Figure out how to fix it or just let it be. There are, there are things in my life that I've done at my breaking point that I want to share with you guys today. Two things I learned. The first one is never to run away. I am a conflict avoider. I, I hate conflict. I, you, you, I see problems and I'll fly the other direction. I, nah, uh-uh. See, when I was a kid, my, my, my grand uncle was a blacksmith. And every time I go to visit him, he'll put me to work. You wonder why I put my kids to work. You know, so, and, you know back in Africa, we don't have these fancy machines. It's big old clay uh, pot with charcoal and with a big billow thingy pumping air into the stuff. And every time I go to work, he puts me in charge of the pumping of the air. And uh, he, he makes tools like cutlasses and uh, parts for guns and stuff like that. So what he does is when he wants to uh, like melt a metal and, and break it, he'll put it in fire to get it so hot, take it out, hammer it till it breaks. And I'll be standing on that side. He'll tell me, pump! And I'll be like, <laughs> you know. He'll put a thing in there and start hammering and he'll put it in water and he'll bring it out. And he'll put it back in there. I'm like, wait, okay. Like, like five, six times. And this thing is huge. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pumping the thing, you know. When is it going to be over? But the reason he does that is he wants the metal to get so hot that when he hits it, it will break. God does that with us. But for me, when I'm at that point, when I know something is reoccurring in my life, I know something is up. I know something, God is trying to chisel out something. And uh, my sinful nature is to uh, start running. You see, running into isolation is a trick of the devil. When you run, you are captured by the devil. 
When you are at your breaking point, don't run. Couple of things I thought about. Do not isolate yourself when you are under pressure. Don't do that. Because what it does in me is when I isolate myself, it, it, it makes the problems I'm facing look bigger than it, it actually is. Don't run. When you are, if you are a married person, do not isolate your marriage. When you are at your breaking point, don't isolate yourself. Husband or wife, don't isolate yourself. You know why? Marriage was created by God to help you during these times. It's like going to the hospital and getting a medication for whatever sickness you have. The pain kicks in and you're like, oh no, I'm not taking that medication. That's what we do when we isolate ourselves in our marriages when we are at our breaking point. Let me tell you, it's so difficult to talk about certain things with my wife. Because the devil tricks me to think, oh no, she will not understand. She's going to judge me. She's going to make fun of me. But you know what? It's all a lie. Come on, bro. Come on. It's a lie. Because the few times I've been open, I've been shocked at the reaction I get. And then I'm like, did you hear what I just said? It's like, yeah. Are you sure? Everything? You know when someone reacts differently and you're like, uh, did you hear the whole story? Yeah, I did. I'll pray for you. <laughs> yeah. Married people, your first line of defense is your husband or your wife. If you are at your breaking point and you isolate yourself, you are doomed. Because the one person in life, the one person apart from God, who can stand by your side, through thick and thin, is your other half. The other piece of you. And then you isolate that person. Don't do it. If you are a a, a parent uh, with children, do not isolate your children. That is hard to do. Because sometimes you have to be wise in what you have to say or not to say. You know. But you see, many children, from what I've seen, do not follow God because they feel that we the parents we are fake they don't see us fight they don't see us struggle they they always see the nice sunday service and dress up come sing hallelujah and stuff go home and you know now our kids are supposed to have a point of reference when they get to their breaking point 
Yeah. They have to say, oh, wait, how did mom and dad deal with this issue? Yeah. Come on. You know, it is not everything you can read to them and, 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 and disciple them. And, and, no, no. They have to see you live it out. The more they see, the more it sticks in their mind. Because in hard times, you will not remember what you read, but you will remember what you've seen. Yes. Yes. Don't isolate your children. Do not isolate yourself from your brothers and sisters. We are one body. When Jesus came to visit us and he left, he did all this so that when I'm in trouble, I can look at every single one of you and find my solution here. When I'm at my breaking point, there is someone sitting right here in this room who can relate to what I'm going through. And when I isolate myself in the animal kingdom, you'll be eaten alive. Lions and those guys, they don't, they don't go after the, the healthy, strong animals who are like in the pack. They don't do that. They go after the one struggling on the back, you know. Don't isolate yourself. You make yourself an easy target for the devil. You see, discipleship it's huge. Being in one another's life is so important. For a couple of reasons. If I share my life every day with someone and they know what I'm going through, when I'm at my breaking point, if they cannot help me, they will know someone else who can help me and they can direct me to someone else for help. Yeah. But if I hide my sin, if I hide my struggle, if I hide my pain, all I have is me. That's right. That's right. We've been talking about the new normal from the beginning of this year, which is the theme of Staten Island. And we've been reading a couple of stories in Revelations about churches and, you know, the, 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 the requirements or the, the, the things that God is looking for in them and all that stuff. The corrections that Jesus expected from these people, none of them could have done it on their own. That's right. It's a group effort. Yeah. It's a group effort. You see, we are at a disadvantage in, in this modern world. Go back, look at the excavations of old settlements of Christians. Their houses were this close, wall to wall. They lived in a close-knit community. Everybody knows everybody's business. That is why they broke bread and fellowship together all the time because they lived in the same neighborhood. You, you go to 
What my, okay, they didn't have Walmart. They, they didn't go to, you know, the marketplace and, you know, they see their brothers and sisters and uh, everything. Communal living. I can relate to that because I grew up in an environment like that. I grew up in a compound house. A big compound house. And the rooms, the, every, the rooms are in a circle, so everybody is in there. My parents could travel, and we were still taken care of, because we were living literally in a community. And everybody was watching after everybody's child. Yeah. Yeah. If I did something wrong, before my mom comes back, I would have been spanked already by somebody else. And then when my mom comes, they would tell my mom, and then I'll get spanked on top of that. You know? We are a community. Yes. It's a bad idea to be isolated yes. in this community. That's right. Bad idea. If you have any hope of making it into heaven, use the other Jesuses yeah. that are in this room. God will never split the sky and come down. Hey, Daniel. No, not happening. The brother and sister sitting right beside you, your answer is right there. You've been praying for days, and the answer is sitting right by you. Do not isolate yourself. Relationships are made by God. You know that, right? Yeah. But relationships are hard. You know why? Because we are all sinful. We have to be willing to work hard on our relationships. When I was about to get married, uh, I had the wrong idea. Man, I thought marriage was going to be Oh, like, you know. Nice and stuff. You know. No, no, it, it wasn't Wendy's fault. It's right. You know. Uh, so, <laughs> we, we, our first fight, I'm like, hey, this is supposed to be like honeymoon stuff. <laughs> you know, some marriages have their hard times from the beginning some have it at the end we were the beginners you know hard time oh it was hard it was tough but you see what created the closeness between us is being willing to stick it out and fight through it i can always every time we in a fight i always remember dwight Put the problem in front of you. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm like, okay, let's let's problem in front, you know. yeah, you know, and we have to tackle it that way. Relationships are hard, not just marriages, friendships. Okay, I remember when I was about dating and I was about to get married. John Bean gave me an advice, uh, bro. You know, you might wanna have some roommates before you, you get married. I was like, why? I'm like, yeah, I'm roommate, man. I'm, yeah. All of a sudden, Ramon and uh, they showed up, roommates. It, it, it was so funny. 
it taught me a lot living with other people who are not my family members yeah. under the same roof. Yeah. You know, I have Ramon who have conversations, play video games all night. You know, I wake up like she said in the morning. They will be playing video games. I go to work all day, come back to playing video games. I'm like, bro, you guys, you don't sleep. You know, <laughs> I'll cook food. They will be sitting down eating. And me and Ramon will be talking, and then, uh, what's his name again? Oscar. Oscar will be sitting down there quiet. And I will poke Ramon, I'm like, is he okay? He said, yeah, that's who he is. I'm like, oh, okay. You know. Different personalities. If we're all the same, this world will be very boring. You know. We got to get the crazy ones, we got to get the calm ones, we got to get the in-between ones, and we got to get those who learn how to be crazy, you know, all in-between. It, it, it's the colorfulness of, of nature. Yes. That's how God built us. Man. Enjoy who you are, the differences we have. Use it to your advantage. The relationships in here would help us make it to heaven. We need brothers and sisters who would cry with us and comfort us and like, bro, you will make it, stick it up. And we need some brothers and sisters who will be like, you better than that. Invent your stuff. Keep it moving. You know, we need to listen. Yeah. And I have one of those sitting right there. Name will not be mentioned, Eric. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, okay. So, you know... <laughs> God can only promote you to the next level depending on how much pain you can sustain. You don't want pain? Well, you stay where you are. Now think about it. Think about any... any, Let's forget about the Bible for a second. If you are in a job and you you, you are screaming and kicking for promotion and they give you a promotion and they give you that big money you know why they do that? They are paying you to deal with more drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, yo, nobody's going to pay you money to sit down there and be lollygagging. No, no, no. They pay you to deal with drama. Look. <laughs> you guys remember I told you a couple of days ago that I got a promotion, you know, a job, you know. <laughs> Let's see. I, I, I had to, to call in some big guns to help me pray to, to, for situations to change. Because I was thrown into... God is funny, you know. It's like, Daniel, you're conflict avoider, right? Yeah, man, I'm going to fix that. And he throws me into a house where I had no choice but to deal with conflict every single day. Nothing to do with the job. I had to go to some brothers. Like, um, and you know what? After I, I spoke about it and people helped me praying, within a week, things started changing. The help that we need, right here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, you know, the only thing that can hold us back from growing as disciples is trying to be a disciple all by yourself. 
Isolation is a bad thing. Don't, don't, don't do it. I've given you certain things that you shouldn't isolate. You know, we, we have to work together to, to, you know, to make this thing happen. We, we do not have to have the same mindset or same... Um, no, not mindset. We should, we should not have the same uh, character or the same... Uh, Personality, that's what I wanted to say. We, shouldn't, we don't need to have the same personality to be able to work together. Alright? We, we, have, we have one purpose. And our purpose, that one purpose should, should bond us together. The purpose is to serve God, love His people, serve others and make it to heaven. Yeah. That should hold us all together. You see, understanding your purpose will drive you to look for partners. You see, God is a God of partnerships. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? You see, God is a God of partnership. Now, I talked about isolation. Don't isolate yourself. The, the other side, what you should do is to form partnership. God understands purpose. And to accomplish his purpose, he formed partnerships throughout the scriptures. And these were not perfect people. I'm going to give you examples. Abraham, right? Abraham, good old Abraham. That guy was old. Abraham gave up his wife twice to another man. Two times. If anybody did that today, Elijah was suicidal. God, I want to die now. Take me right now. I, I'm tired of this. You kill me right now. I, God is like, no, no. You're not done yet. Go get up, eat. Keep on going. You know, yeah. Joseph was abused. Can you imagine growing up and your brother selling you into slavery? Do you, do, you, do you know the amount of therapy you will need to get your head straight? Alright. Job went bankrupt. You know, when you are broke and you get broker, you don't feel it. But when you are rich, like Job, having everything and one day you lose it all. These are things that... You guys remember when the economy went crazy, you know? I didn't hear no poor guy jumping off any bridge. It was the rich guys jumping off bridges. All right. Job went bankrupt. Moses. Good old Moses had a speech problem. I don't know if that was real. He said, God, man, I cannot speak well. God was like, oh, really? Okay, your brother Aaron will go with you. Gideon was afraid. 
Gideon was a coward. He, he went to hide when his nation was being bombarded by a foreign country. God was calling this guy. He was like, no. Um, you know what? God, uh, I'm putting the skin here. Let it rain. Let everything be wet and then it be dry. God did it. Yeah, and then, next time, okay, no, no. Let it be wet and then everything dry. Man, God is patient, man. Uh, ooh, okay. Gideon was afraid. Something was a player, player. <laughs> All right, for those who don't understand, he was a humanizer. <laughs> All right. Something wouldn't listen. Went to marry someone out of, out of the, the nation of Israel. And that, oh, yeah. But still, God used him. Rahab. You guys remember Rahab? What's a prostitute? And this prostitute is in the lineage of Jesus Christ himself. Do you guys get the idea where I'm going with this? Okay. And this is all God's partnerships right here. Alright. The Samaritan woman was divorced. And married to someone else who wasn't her husband. But through this woman, a whole township believed in the gospel. Noah was drunk. You don't remember that? After the flood and everything, you know, and started playing stuff, got drunk. <sighs> stuff happened. And had to curse some of the, the, the children and bad, bad. Look, the things that happen in the Bible, this, this current day. Uh, drama they show on TV have nothing on it, you know. You want drama, read the Bible. It's <laughs> Jeremiah was young. Jacob was a cheater. He had to fight God to change his name. David was a murderer. Took someone's wife and killed the husband. David. The man after God's own heart. Jonah ran away from God. Like, oh, God doesn't see that. I'm, I'm in the boat. I'm going this way. And God doesn't see that. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Naomi was a widow. Peter de- de- denied Jesus three times. Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was small and money hungry. The disciples, like Eric said before, fell asleep when Jesus needed them the most. Paul, a Pharisee and persecuted Christians. Can you relate to any of these people? Come on. Can you? If you were God, would you pick any of these people to be your partners? To advance your kingdom? If you had the power to choose, God came like, oh, Daniel, um, I'm giving to give you the power to choose people who will be, you know, in the Bible. Would you choose any of these people? But you see, God in His infinite wisdom, like this to do his work 
how do you pick people in your life? How do you pick people to help you? How do you pick people when you are at your breaking point to help you go over the hump? You see, it is very important as we go through this year thinking about the new normal. Most of us are going to be at our breaking points because our mindset are beginning to change. My mindset has begun to change. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm feeling certain emotions I don't know how to handle. Because now I have to go back and, and deal with certain things in my past. Then I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. You know? Because for all I know, dealing with it will create more problems. But that doesn't excuse me from doing that. It is a hard road when you are at your breaking point to make the choice to move on. It is hard work. You see, but the more the pressure, that tells me there is something better on the other side. Because if it was easy, the devil will just leave me alone. But because he knows that if I go over that hump, I get to the other side, ooh, there are problems. So he, he, he will lie to me. He, he, will, he will trick me in isolating myself. He will trick me in wanting to keep everything in my mind. Yeah. No. I have to begin to understand that all the lies the devil is telling me is not the truth. I need to go back to his word and find the true source of my strength to fight on. What have you been through? What are you going through right now? Are you at your breaking point? Is your marriage struggling? Are you on the verge of giving up? Don't do it. You will regret. I promise you, you will regret. Proof? I would say five, six years ago, I look back at my relationship with Wendy and I look at how we are now. If I gave up, I would have made the biggest mistake of my life. Yes. Yes. And I will never... I will, listen. Do not give in. Seek help. It seems difficult because you are doing it on your own. Seek the help. Because if two or three or four people are helping you carry your load, it becomes lighter. You need to form partnerships to fight your battle. How are you dealing with your breaking point? Are you isolating yourself or you are forming partnerships? Church, whether we like it or not, we are called to change every single day. No one is called to stay the same. You are called to change every single day because the day you were baptized, 
Your spirit changed. Your, your flesh is the same old Daniel. All the rockets in the past is still there. All it takes is one less day of a quiet time and yeah, it begins to show up. But if I stay close, I read his word, I, I, I stay open, and I talk to people every day, I find the help I need because there's an adage in my language that it, it, when, when uh, I want to translate it, when you, you, you are walking in the bush and you are trying to cut a path, you, you, you don't know that the line behind you is crooked. Someone behind you have to tell you, uh, you bro, you got to go straight. You know. That's what we need to do for everybody in here. Yes. Yes. You need someone to tell you your path is crooked. You need someone to tell you uh, there is a hole right there. You might want to go around it. You need someone to tell you you are better than that. You can do it. You need someone to be there for you when you are, you, you are crying and, and encourage you and tell you it will be okay. The help we need is sitting right here in this room. Right here. Right here in this room. Don't waste the gift God has given us. Don't waste it. Let's pray.